We all have 24 hours in our day, and I think it's really, really important in how we are using those hours. And in case you took the part of your day to listen to this podcast, I'm telling you, you are making the smart decision because I really believe that self-education is actually the key for our uh, success. So again, if you are listening to this podcast, I can tell that you are uh, learning, working on yourself and trying to improve. You're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host, Miodrag Milankovic. Welcome everyone. If you're a first time listener, uh, I want to tell you that I'm releasing new interview with amazing marketers and online entrepreneurs every Friday, like this episode as well as I'm releasing solocast episodes every Tuesday. So in case you haven't already, make sure you go and click that subscribe button not to miss any of the new episodes. And before we dive into today's episode, I just want to give you a quick reminder that I run a free Facebook group called Affiliate Marketing Elite. And if you want to join, there, there will be links in the show notes or you can just type it in the search engines anyway uh, my today's guest is actually Samit Patel and he is like brilliant marketing and entrepreneurial mind Um, I will just shortly tell you that he helped raise over 30 million dollars online which is like ridiculous talk about large amounts of money And as he went deep into his story, I'm not gonna share anything uh, more and not gonna take any more of your time. So I hope you're gonna really enjoy the episode. You're listening to Affiliate Journey, and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. And today I have quite a special guest and unusual as to some of the ones you, you've seen so far. His name is Samit Patel, and he's quite experienced. We, we just had a little chat, and I was thrilled with some things he was talking about. So I'm excited about this one. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Miodrag. Yeah, it's it's really awesome having you, and I'm excited about this. So, could you could you briefly tell us a little bit more about yourself or those people who haven't heard of you, and tell us like why did you choose to work online and why did you choose entrepreneurship over like nine to five job or something like that? Yeah. So my name is Sant Patel. Uh, I'm known as the product launch Sifu. I've helped raise over 30 million dollars for fully managed campaigns so this is from a to z from the very beginning so someone comes to me with a product or a business and they say hey samit uh, help us launch this business to the market so we would look at the product um, we've been working with smart watches uh, smartphones for example we work with bags we work with wallets all types of different products And my agency and myself, I would be involved in creating the messaging, creating the marketing story behind it, helping to bring this product to market, helping putting in a structure on how to scale this product as well, because it's no good just launching a product to market. It's all about helping this product scale. So we've helped raise over 30 million for these products. I'm recommended by Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I'm also recommended by incubators and accelerators around the world. I've also uh, not only helped small businesses, but I also advise a lot of big businesses and enterprises. People like Xiaomi come to me to for advice. Um, so this is this is all what I've been doing. I've been doing this for the last five years. I've built up my name, and now I'm speaking all around the world, and I'm getting more into helping other entrepreneurs find their space. I've had a journey where I've done a lot of different businesses. I've tried a lot. I've gone through a lot of courses. I've done a lot of, a lot of that battling, you know, buying people's courses or learning from people who provided the wrong advice or people that didn't provide any knowledge. And I think I've 
just like anyone that starts that entrepreneur journey ends up spending a lot of money. Um, and this is actually one of the things that I'll be launching in the next couple of months as well, something to address this problem, which is quite a big problem of misinformation and people's doing stuff that isn't actually going to benefit anyone. You know, you've got a lot of these snake oil salesmen who are going around selling people on things that they're not even knowledgeable on. Um, so I wanted to build up my journey. I wanted to make sure that I was a reputable person that was bringing money to people and had a track record before I go into coaching and speaking. Yeah, I like that. I think integrity especially is important in these circles of online marketing. And that's one of the reasons people are so suspicious of everyone and unsure of whose advice to follow. And that's why I think we should always lead with integrity. And I, I like that message. So I'm curious, what got you in the first place? Like what, what spiked your curiosity to try and learn from those courses and tackle this online entrepreneurship route? Yeah, so I've always been uh, fairly entrepreneurial. I come from a low-income uh, Indian family uh, who were living in the UK. My dad got made redundant, and I was going into university in 2006. So my journey really started in 2006. I was at university. I I was someone that was really – I got along with a lot of people. I'm a great networker every single time. I'd be very confident in going up to someone and going, Hey, my name's Samet. What, like, you know, what do you do or what football team? And I, I was very good at that. So what I decided to do when I was at university, I decided to organize my own nightclub events. Um, and this was a way to pay for university tuition fees and all of this. So the UK is quite costly. Uh, if anyone knows, the university fees are nearly 3000 a year. It's gone up to like 9000 a year now. And to live out, uh, if you want to rent a flat, it's really expensive. Food is really expensive. So everything was really expensive. It was a case of me not doing anything and just staying at home and studying, or it was a case of me going out there and finding some money. So what I ended up doing was creating these nightclubs. Um, created nightclub events. And I was doing product launches even before I, I realized what I was doing. I would be going outside each of the nightclubs. I'd be leafleting. I'd give, be giving out flyers to the club nights. I'd be saying, rather than just standing there mute, I'd be interacting with people. I'd go, hey, what's your name? You know, What university are you from? Here, take a leaflet. Why don't you come to this new nightclub I'm launching in three months? So I did a pre-launch campaign for the nightclub. Rather than just opening my doors, I did a pre-launch campaign. So I did three months of going to every single competitor nightclub. I would be giving out the leaflets. I also went to every single dorm, uh, university dorms and halls, and I leafleted under every single door. Each university had nearly you know, 2,000, 3,000 dorm rooms. So I was doing this for three months. I covered all of London. Uh, I also obviously branded the nightclub rather than just being another nightclub. We turned it into something with a bit of an experience. So the experience was all around getting people dressed up in fancy dress. So every week, there'd be a different theme. We started off with a school disco. Anyone that came in a school disco outfit would get three pound entry. We also called it Tequila Tuesdays. Um, so that, that was quite unique in the space. The club that we were dealing with was really tiny. It was, it was probably the worst club in London that you can think of as a pub. And we were up against a, a gigantic, un, enormous nightclub uh, called Ministry of Sound. So this brand is huge, right? And they hold up to 2,000 people. Our nightclub only holds up to 500 people, and it's not even a nightclub. It's more of a pub. But what I, what I did was I created an experience. So what we did before the launch, we looked at all the people's birthdays. Anyone that was having a birthday, we knew these people would bring about 30 people to the nightclub. So I would go through my friends and say, hey, do you know anyone's birthday coming up in this date? And I'd get on the phone to them. I'd say, hey, what are you doing from that? for your birthday. And they'd say, oh, I, I haven't really thought about it. So I say, okay, look, why don't I host your birthday? I'll give you a cake. 
I'll give you a bottle of champagne, come down to the club, and I'll also host the birthday. So what I used to do was get people up on stage, and I'd get 10, 15 people up on stage, and I'd get the whole club singing happy birthday to these people. And this made the experience really great. And the first week we did that, it spread like wildfire. Every single person wanted to host that birthday there. And, and this is how I scaled up from going from one club to doing all the biggest clubs in all of London, because afterwards my phone wouldn't stop. Everyone wanted to work for me. People were offering me money left, right, and center to join their company. They'd say, look, you know, just give us a figure, come work for us. And I was like, no, you know, I want to do this myself. Um, and that's really how I built up uh, some money during university. Otherwise, university is so expensive. That was really my first um, journey in entrepreneurship. That's so interesting. Like, what got you? What got you so many knowledge? Because the things you've mentioned that you've done, even at that age, I know a lot of marketers in some circles. And after learning a lot of stuff, I'm positive that they don't know that they should do a lot of those things. So how did you know about it at the time, like building experiences and your hustle was amazing, just three months um, of hustling. Also, you knew where to get traffic, even though it wasn't online, but you you knew that you should go to the competitors. So what gave you the insights and the knowledge to do all of that? Yeah, so this 2006 was also when Facebook was first coming around, right? So I think I was the very first person to take advantage of Facebook events. So what I used to do as well, I used to set up a Facebook event and then I'd ask all my friends in my university for their logins. Um, and you, this this made me realize that the the, the degree of separation is very small. A person that is born in London or a person that's born in Manchester or different parts of London or the UK in general, they have a massive network of friends or the network and degree of separation is quite small. So if I sit there and I go, hey, um, can I use your Facebook and I'm going to add all your friends into a Facebook event. And imagine if you did that for 100 people you know that's going to create a whole bunch of noise. So that's your marketing done. I, I was able to use that one trick to get free traffic for the events. Um, and then I also went through that Facebook profiles and looked for birthdays as well. So I saw the different birthdays going on. Initially, the, the way I got the idea was there was other people doing nightclubs in London, so it wasn't very unique. Um, but people would say, Hey, look, you know, bring people to us and we'll give you one pound per person you will bring in. So I was thinking to myself, why am I going to get one pound? Um, you know, I tried it off initially because it was the simplest thing to do. I, I would end up bringing hundreds of people to the clubs. And then I was like, okay, rather than doing this for someone else, I can just build this myself. And that's where I progressed. And that's where I built the ideas. And once something becomes your sole focus, you end up coming up with so many ideas. So that's, that's how I came up with all these ideas. I'd just sit there and I'd be like, okay, how, how do I separate things out? Um, how can I take advantage of things? And this is how I was able to maximize and become really the kingpin of the nightclub promotion in London. And tell me, I'm curious, like I did a solo cast around two months ago and I named it like the best marketing advice 2020 and beyond. And it was about the thing that you mentioned. And again, you did it like, what, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And that was like creating such a such good experience for people that later you don't have to do the marketing, but they do it for you. Uh, so how did you realize back at that age that you should be doing that? And I would assume that given the prior knowledge, you use that to your today's compliance as well. Yeah. So it's really applying myself to that situation, right? I was saying to myself, if it was my birthday, what would I want? Um, and I, I thought, okay, I, I would obviously want a cake. I'd maybe want a free bottle of champagne or whatever. Um, but then I was thinking, you know what, this is something that's easily replicatable. Um, 
And then I was thinking, okay, how can I increase my own brand as well? So I thought, okay, if I'm, if I'm doing these nightclub events and what I can do is if I get up on stage and I get all the birthdays who are obviously, if it's your friend's birthday, they're the most special person in that room. So if I leverage that, that, you know, stature or that fame for that one night and get them all up on stage and make sure they're really looked after and get the whole club singing happy birthday because everyone has a little bit of an ego and you'd love no matter how many people say oh i'm really shy getting them up on stage giving them a birthday cake and and me going up on stage hey guys look it's this person's birthday this person's birthday and then you've got all their friends cheering for them and then afterwards, everyone's singing happy birthday. It's just such a brilliant experience for them. So it's really about putting myself in the, their shoes and then learning from that and just multiplying it. And people, people ended up calling me like their friends would recommend me. They'd go, oh, uh, Samit, you know, this person, Mark, had a really good birthday. Why don't you? Uh, can you ho- can you host my birthday as well? And I, I ended up, people were saying, look, you know, we don't need a cake, we don't need a champagne, but I'd still offer it. I love that. And tell me, how how, how did you use that uh, same principle in the future when you were creating campaigns? And what advice would you give to people who are listening? And especially like majority of the listeners are affiliate marketers and there is like a lot of competition over there and you did something really unique to separate yourself from the other nightclubs so what piece of advice would you give to people listening who are like in that red ocean and competing against a lot of like bigger fishes than themselves um, to separate themselves and to create that unique experience for their audience yeah so even before I realized that I was using the power of affiliates, right? So when I was doing the nightclubs, I'd be offering uh, people uh, one pound per person that they bought to the nightclub. Uh, entry would be five to 10 pounds, depending on what time they came along. So these people were my affiliates without realizing, hey, this is the technical term for it. The story actually changes. So, you know, this was, this was my university time. That was a very long time. Since then, 2009, the economy collapsed and jobs were really hard to come by. I knew I didn't want to go into the working environment. In retrospect, it's probably not the best thing that I did. Um, I went into a whole host of different businesses. I went into creating a travel company. The travel company uh, was... I created a student travel company to leverage on my network of students. I quickly realized that, okay, you know what? Student travel companies are great, but it's very seasonal because most students, they want to go away for the summer. So then the rest of the year, I'd be sitting there. So I ended up creating different travel brands, uh, doing different niches. I also did a bit of affiliate marketing, um, offer, doing discounts for products and promoting them. But again, when you're bootstrapping, your traffic isn't as much. So I tried doing blogging. I tried doing loads of different things. That business ultimately did not succeed. It was generating money. Yes. But was it enough to sustain me in a full-time job? No. Um, And also the business was a family run business by one of my friends who I'd met. Um, And if you've ever worked in a family business, that very they're very slow to adapt. In 2009, I was telling them about the booking engine. And, you know, I said, look, booking engine is going to be the future. People are going to be booking travel online, not through intermediaries. They were a very old fashioned business where you had to call them up and they do the booking for you. Um, obviously we know what's happened to the market. Now people book online and I was telling them in 2009, I told them every single year, but they still haven't done it to this date. And after two years, you know, I I was just like, this isn't really going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm just ending up uh, becoming a bit depressed and not, not really progressing as much as I want. Um, and then, then I ended up working for another guy who, who, you know, he would be flashing around his BMW. He'd be saying, look, I've, I've made a lot of money. 
I went to work for him very naive, not knowing how uh, businesses, you know, just when you're in that low point, you're quite naive and you're looking for an opportunity. You're looking for a silver bullet to try and save you and try and save your face as well. Because I was doing that for two years. My parents were like, you're mad, go get a job. My friends were like, you're mad, go get a job. And I, I was like, no, uh, you know, I want to make sure I'm succeeding. And I couldn't go back to them with failure. So I ended up going to this person who was driving a nice car, who was showing that they were making some money. And I thought, okay, you know what? Now my prayers have been answered. I've got this silver bullet. The, the bottom line was this relationship went nowhere. Um, they ended up moving me from business to business. They put me in a hair salon that, that they managed. I'm doing hair extensions. So I'm a master in hair extensions as well now. Um, even though I have no interest in women's hair, I'd be dealing with uh, <laughs> women who just wanted to, who'd be complaining nonstop because the hair quality was wrong. And these were things out of my control. Um, and every time I'd be going to the guy, look, I'm not here as an employee. He, he just basically got some free cheap labor, right? He got, he wasn't paying me much. Um, I ended up moving up there and it, it just didn't go far. He ended up afterwards, he was like, okay, look, I've got this brilliant idea. You know, um, it's going to make you a lot of money. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. What was it? And it was just an SEO company. It was a, he already tried doing an SEO company. It failed. And now he wanted me to do a game. And again, you're thinking, okay, this guy has a flashy car. He's doing a, very well for himself. Maybe this is the person I need to listen to. Um, so I ended up doing it. Um, and, you know, I went, I literally was working 24 hours a day. I'd be in the day, I'd be uh, going, calling up businesses uh, around my area. I'd be going door to door to the restaurants, to the shops, telling them, hey, we can get you SEO. It took about six months to build that company up and like to get sales coming in because whenever you do something, there's a learning curve. You're not going to just start making money straight away. The deal was very simple. I would be driving the sales. I'd be doing the marketing. I'd be the face of it. And the other business partner would be fulfilling the work. What ended up happening was we started to get customers um, and the guy could not fulfill his end of the work. Um, I was also very, I was, I was given 5% of a company, a brand new company. Um, it was really pathetic. Like thinking on it, I just made so many bad decisions. Um, I didn't think about it. I thought, okay, you know what, maybe this is how all businesses work. This is how businesses are structured. I was providing a lot of work and he said he would provide the financing and get the work done. Um, but 5% in a company that earns zero is really bad for anyone out there. But I didn't think of it at that time. Um, and it took me a, a year and a bit of working on it. I became really depressed again and, you know, really low in self-confidence. I put on a lot of weight. I was just stressed all the time. I was ended up managing a team of 10 people um, just doing sales. So that was one of the things. Um, and in the end, you know, the company ended up coming crashing down because the guy couldn't fulfill his end of doing the, the client's justice. So every time we got a client, we'd lose the client because nothing was done. He was, we ended up finding out that he was doing nothing for the clients. So I, I ended up having it out with him and I said, look, you know, this is bullshit. Um, like what, what are you doing? Um, and then while then I, I was thinking of different ideas and I came up with a social media company. Um, social media was really taking off. So this was when I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a social media company where we post on behalf of other companies. So they would get three posts a day. They would pay 99 pounds per month and they would have their socials covered for them. So this was a new company I set up. Again, the guy was like, okay, you know what? We can do 50-50 this time. Or um, I think it was less than that, actually. Um, but again, there was no support. I was doing everything. Um, and what started to happen was the other company that I, that I set up and was involved in, they hired another person that was um, sort of there working at the same time. Um, once they saw my company started doing well, 
they started to, they basically learned from what I was doing um, because I'd be explaining to the boss, but then he would be explaining to the other guy um, and he would be telling him, look, this is what this guy's doing. This is the way he's making money. This is what we now need to do. So he was making, it was really, it was really weird. Um, and it just led to a lot of hassle. Um, in the end, I was like, look, this isn't working. I'm going to move out and I'm going to do this myself. And he was like, all right, cool. I'm going to keep the brand and keep everything that you've done. So I ended up getting pushed out. It was almost like a bully thing where I got pushed out. So I moved back home. Um, I moved back with my parents and I started the, I started, I, I recalled the business, something else. Um, started from fresh again, started building up, started getting sales. Um, and then what happened was I started getting, uh, letters from him saying, you need to cease and desist, right? Because you have now, uh, they tried to sue me. They tried to send the police to my house. They said, I stole a bunch of things, which I didn't steal. Um, and I was just really, you know, at this point, imagine getting uh, letters by lawyers and um, getting all sorts of things happening. Uh, and that was probably one of the lowest points. I was suffering from all sorts of anxiety, depression and everything going on. Um, and, you know, it was really, I don't know whether it was, whether it was an act of God or whatever, but it was really a moment in time that really, set a reset button to myself um and you know uh, i'm gonna before i get into that if you've got any questions uh you can ask me because i haven't paused for you <laughs> well i'm curious again around like when you're getting some new product launch or anything how do you think about customer experience and how they will like remember the brand uh, like what's what's the strategy behind it um at that time uh, there wasn't uh we were just looking at other people that were doing well or offering the services so it's never the social media company or the travel company there was other people doing these things so we're not coming out with anything really innovative what you do is look at other people in the industry that are already doing something work out what they've done and reverse engineer that and then add your own sort of spin to it. I think that would be the easiest way. I've never been a, I've always got a lot of different ideas, but the ones that have been the most successful are the ones that I've looked at something and gone, okay, how can I make this better rather than reinventing the wheel? A lot of the times when I've gone in blind and thought, you know what, my idea is the only one and really unique and i've not looked at other businesses is when i haven't done as well and like what would you what would you say to other affiliate marketers maybe who majority of them are promoting the similar product how should they try and dif differentiate themselves in the marketplace and trying to be unique when there is so much competition of maybe bigger players involved yeah, th this is this is the thing with the affiliate marketing, right? There's there's a lot of different um, offers out there. There's a lot of different courses that people potentially sell. There's a lot of um, different areas that people are looking at. Um, and if nowadays you're going outside of uh, advertising, then it's really through partnerships, maybe creating a book and then selling these offers or creating some sort of awareness through podcasting videos doing facebook lives this is the way i would do it nowadays if i was selling affiliate offers to someone or trying to build up you you need to build up your own audience build up your own audience if you're just doing affiliate marketing you're building up someone else's audience so build up your own audience first and then you can do affiliate marketing more efficiently imagine if you were an influencer in the space of marketing you are the person giving all the knowledge away and you built up a database of 10,000 people signed up to what you're doing. You are not only earning money through the offers you are, the, the upsell that you're, you've created or the book you've created, but you can also leverage that and then do affiliate marketing on behalf of other people. It's like right now, if I built up my audience and I built up a massive following of 10,000 plus people, 
if people are comfortable with me, I'm providing knowledgeable information, I've got good integrity in the in the industry, then if I promote something, for example, what Tony Robbins is doing, then people might might feel more comfortable. They'll go, okay, you know, Samet, I trust him. I've worked with him in the past. Uh, he's recommended me Tony Robbins, and we'll pretend that Tony Robbins is no one knows. Um, they're more likely to buy from that, from that, right? But I think this is. I think you've got to reinvent the way affiliate marketing is is doing because before I went down the route of where I am, I looked into um, JVZoo and all of these things and looked at products that are trending on there, looking at promoting other people's offers. But the best way I realized was actually build up your own database, build up a following for you. And then people are very likely to listen to suggestions for software, listen to suggestions for courses um, and all of these things. And how would you recommend, and I absolutely agree with that, it's something I'm working on myself and I understand the importance of audience building, not only for affiliate marketing, but especially for affiliate marketing. And do you have any like tips for people who want to start building their own following? Like what, what advice would you give to them? I think I think it's just a case of getting out there and start doing it right. Um, a lot of times people try and get things perfect. A lot of the times I've been putting a lot of things off um, and I've started to build my brand a lot more strongly uh, this year. I've been doing a lot of talks previously in the in the years before and I was building up my list and building up my following. But this year I've really pushed on it a lot more. I've been approaching a lot more podcasters, a lot more doing every week I've set myself to do Facebook lives and provide content, provide information, build myself up this way rather than just making up excuses. So I spent a lot of time learning from uh, people who do it well, Gary Vee, Peng Jun, all of these guys who really specialize in building up your own brand. And I've just said to myself, you know what, I've been putting this off for a very long time. I just need to go out there and start creating content. And it put it up there, regardless whether it's got zero views or one view, you need to just do it. And I think this is one of the key things. I think also at the same time, you've got to understand where you are. If you don't have the finances or if you don't have money, then do it as a side hustle. You can work your nine to five job and then in the evenings do podcasting, do lives, build up your brand. If you build up your brand for a year, you're working your job, you're earning maybe $2,000 a month. You can afford to spend, you put, put aside 10%, 20%. And every time you do a video, promote it to an audience and push people to sign up. So every time you do something, you're getting a trackable KPI. If you're not generating a trackable KPI, then you're just wasting money. Um, so this is another thing I'd recommend doing. If you spend a year of building up content, promoting that content, I have no shadow of doubt that at the end of year one, you will be a huge success and that will be enough for you to move outside of and doing it full time. So that that is the structure I'd recommend. I'd also recommend creating a book around your experiences. You can also create a book around other people's experiences. So for example, all the people you are interviewing, why not create a book, turn the content into a book. So every time you can call it the top tips from experts in affiliate marketing or the top tip tips from experts that will help you grow money or whatever, you can call it something like that. And that will be an upsell for you. It'll be something for you to push out to people. It'll be something that you can track a return on revenue. If you're selling the book for $49, for example, and you're spending you know $5 to acquire someone, then you know that every time you push $5 into that, you, you can grow that massively. Yeah, I love, I love that advice. Uh, tell me, like you mentioned in the beginning, you, you're doing like marketing research and messaging for the campaign. Could you tell the, could you tell the listeners, like, how does that process look like? What are you exactly looking for? And how are you uh, doing the research? And then 
how do you structure the message so it has more impact after the product product is being launched? Yeah, so we first look at the product and say, okay, first of all, I approach it from my perspective. I go, why would I buy this product in the first place? Then I would also look at the existing competitors in the market. For example, what, what is this product? Is it a smartwatch? Uh, how many other smartwatches are out there? What is the different type of messaging they're using? What is the one that has raised the most amount of money? What is the one that has the most amount of following? All of these things, you can collect this data and you can work it out. Then you can work out exactly how they've positioned it. So, you know, watches can be positioned as high-end or low-end or middle range. And then you want to work out where you want to sort of fit into. What, what is the cost of this product? Where does this product fit into? Is it the high-end or is it the low-end or is it the middle range? So then you cut out all the other products that aren't relevant to you and you just focus in on the high-end brands or the low-range brands. Then you work out what are what are these brands doing that's different or are they all have the same messaging? So a lot of these guys would have um, about Swiss movement for anyone that knows about watches. They'd be talking about the type of movement for the watches. Usually a Swiss movement watch is really expensive. Um, and the, the trend recently was that what they were trying to do was uh, create a Swiss watch without breaking the bank. So people would be offering these Swiss watches for under $200 and people would see that as a big bargain. So that was a price-based messaging. Um, it was about looking at the pricing and seeing that as the strong point. But also you can, uh, depending on the different levels of how you position it, it could be based on the design. It could be based on where it's made. So if it's made in the UK, then this is a good selling point or made in the US. Um, because obviously a lot of people associate China with low quality goods. So it's about looking at what, what you have and how you would potentially position it. And then also thinking, how can you add value to what you're doing? Um, so if it's a book, you can see, how can I add value to this? Maybe I can leverage uh, existing coaches in the space. You know, maybe I don't need to build up my audience. Maybe if I leverage the people who have a bigger following than me. If I get 20, 30, 40, 50 coaches and say, hey, look, I'm going to create this book. Why don't you provide me a quote in my book um, about this area? And I will link back to your website. If you send that to 50 people, I'm sure most of them will say yes, because they have nothing really to lose. Um, and then once you launch, you can, you can leverage on their credibility. You can say, hey, look, you know, I have Samit Patel, and he's provided me a quote. And then you can even tell them to create a video um, to, to give uh, integrity to your product. So it's about looking at the product or looking at what you're offering and thinking, how can you sort of differentiate it? Um, and most of the time, it's just about getting out there and doing it and starting it off. Once you start running things to it, once you start running ads to it, you sort of get feedback from people talking about what they like most about it. And then if you get these messages consistently, then you know this is the area to focus on. And what about when you're doing like digital products or informational products? How do you think and approach positioning in such case? Yeah, so with digital products, um, we haven't done too many digital products. I'm launching my own digital product recently. I did it on uh, Amazon um, and it did really well. Uh, I also made a couple of mistakes because obviously it was the first time launching an Amazon book. Uh, I did What I did was I leveraged uh, an event that I went to. So I got invited to speak um, in front of an audience of 800 people in Malaysia. And I decided to launch this book at this event. So I had 800 people. I delivered a lot of value bombs on how they could grow their business. And at the end, I said, look, hey, guys, today we have a book. Um, it's usually $49, but today I'm going to be offering it for $199. It's, and we've just gone live on Amazon. What I want you to do is I want you to download this book. 
Um, and if you download this book, I'll give you another book absolutely free of charge. And this book is going to be like the 10 top tips on how to grow your business. Um, and what ended up happening was I had a whole bunch of people and the big mistake I made was, guess what the mistake was? I'm not sure you didn't gather the emails. They didn't leave reviews. So the big, the big mistake was that um, Amazon is blocked in Malaysia. So people can't, can't buy in Malaysia. So I had this massive plan. I was like, okay. And I hired someone that does book X and they didn't even know this. Right. So it was, I was up on stage and you had about 800 people trying to download it. And they were just like, can't download it. Can't download it. So it took me about a week or two and I ended up pushing them to, uh, I set it up on Google Play Store and they were able to download it. But my launch for Amazon didn't go as well as planned. But this is how you can again build up an audience. You can, there's a lot of events happening. If you build up an area of speciality, then you can um, leverage on that. I'm launching a new book soon. And what I've done for this book is I'm leveraging on my network of coaches, my network of big people in the industry. Um, I've connected throughout the years with uh, big influencers, people like Steve Tan, Vince Tan, Mark Joyner, Eric Graham, um, Zach Benson, all of these guys who are well known and respected in the field. And I've asked them for a paragraph around the topic area. So this book is going to be part of one of my upsells for um, that I'm going to be doing on click funnels. And uh, that's, that's how, I, how I'm building it up. And I'm doing a big pre-launch campaign that's going to last three months where I build up the audience, start promoting it. So everyone knows about it even before I launch it. And then once I launch it, it should hopefully be a big success this time. I'm sure it will. And you mentioned this word a lot of the times and I like uh, you said leverage and you were doing that like for 14 years um, by hearing your story and I think that's very smart way to to think about it and I feel like with so many information available to people they stop thinking on their own and they stop leveraging so they they're they're given everything on a silver platter and I think People are losing their uh, creativity and some of the things that you have leveraged yourself. And how do how would you advise people to think about it? Like again, you mentioned many times, like I leverage their audience or I leverage the fact that this or that. And did you like were you born that way or did you learn to think that way? <laughs> I think it's just a doing uh, doing it for years, right? I've always been a, a guy that just tries to hustle as much. I've never been a sort of guy that's very efficient. Um, this is something that you build up over time. I, I had one element to myself, which was, hey, I would just message people or I'd phone them up or I'd if I saw someone on the street, I'd say hello. You know, that was my sort of mentality. Um, as I've grown over the years, I've my biggest weakness was efficiency. And I think, I think this is the, one of the reasons why I've been able to connect to people. The, the piece of advice I'd give to people is start connecting with everyone that you want to sort of learn from, connect with all these influencers. A lot of these guys are available. They have Facebook groups, start posting content on that Facebook group, start interacting. If if you're on my Facebook group and you're posting content, I'm going to be aware of who you are. And then if you're posting valuable content, I'm also going to be interacting. And this is how you build up relationships. A lot of people, what they do is just, they just start spamming groups or they get involved in a group and are very silent. They're probably even reading the content you provide, but they don't engage. Um, and this is, this is all I've been doing for a lot of time. I've just been, engaging with influencers without asking them for much. So like for you, for example, for yourself, right? If you're doing this as a side hustle, you could, you could almost build this up for a year. You could message all the coaches, join all the different groups and just build up the awareness for what you're doing. And if you start connecting with these people and 
as long if you're not asking them for anything or you're not selling them anything, then they're like, oh, you know, this guy is pretty good. And then when it comes down the year when you're ready to launch, then you say, hey, look, you know, I've, I've been following you for some time. Uh, I'd love some help or I'd love for a quote from you. Would you be up for that? And most of the time they'll say yes. So it's about thinking about things and thinking how can you create a launch sequence, thinking how can you differentiate what you're doing, thinking about the tool set you have. What do you have in front of you that you can use? The typical answer people go is, oh, I'm going to run some Facebook ads. But people have forgot about going to, you know, using networking, using the events. You could, you could set up an event in your hometown. You could use Meetup or Eventbrite and start doing events in your local town. Start building up your network that way. Um, and it's pr- you, you don't even have to pay for these events, right? You could find a free coffee shop, start gathering people, say you're going to be, it's just a networking event for other entrepreneurs. And this is a way to build up people. So after work, you go for your nine to five job. And then the evening, you go for some coffee with potential audience. And this is another way to build up your money funnel. Yeah, I love that advice. Dig the well before you're thirsty. And it served me well. Like I was, like you said, I was posting content in the groups before, like I think it was a year ago and I didn't have any end goal in mind. And I was just, as you said, like providing value, engaging. And later when I decided to launch my podcast, I reached out to some people that are actually like seven and eight figure earners. And because they knew my name, they saw me being active, they accepted it, even though I had no audience, I didn't even launch the podcast yet, and yet they accepted the interview. So that's how it all started. So I think that's that's a brilliant advice. So, yeah, just, just put yourself out there is probably the number one thing, you know, try it. You've got nothing to lose at the end of the day. If you come from zero, then just putting yourself out there and trying everything that you've got in your head. If you become involved in a business, then you're going to have a million and one ideas. You just need to go through every single idea and try every single idea. And you will eventually hit one that will will make you money or do well, right? And in a day and age where there's so many different ways to make money, something will hit. Um, As long as you put in the dedication and time. A lot of the times people don't put that dedication in um, you know, from, from my business, I've been doing the agency, I do drop shipping, I do cryptocurrency trading, I do all of these things. Um, and I've, I've done this and a lot of the times it's taken a long while to actually get things working. Like the drop shipping we were doing for about a good three, four, five months and not making money on it. And eventually it started making some money. So it's going through these learning curves and, and actually thinking, just like you said, you know, it's about digging that well before you sort of get the money and uh, or get the water to fill uh, <laughs> your thirst. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that. It's, I, I, I always see that, I, that meme, right? The meme which is about the iceberg or the meme about the, the diggers where the person is digging and digging and then just below is some really big diamonds, but he stops digging. Um, so th- these are some really good memes that highlight what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, Summit. Before I, last my, before I ask my last question, could you tell me if you were to go back and maybe you could choose one thing to do more of and one thing to do less of, given the experience that you have now, what would those things be? Like, what would you change? I think, I think get into a contract. I think with the first business partner is get into a contract. I think I would also get a full-time job rather than uh, jumping into the deep end. I would get a full-time job. I'd earn some money. I'd build, build up my experience of organizations and efficiency in organizations and how they structure themselves. So if I wanted to set up in the future, I was thinking of a marketing agency, I'd go work in a marketing agency for about six months to a year. Then later, I've got that knowledge of how a marketing agency works. I've also got the money coming in. 
And with that money, I'd invest, invest it into learning. I'd invest it into building up things. When, when, I, when you start working somewhere and you start engrossing yourself in entrepreneurship and building up a business, you start, first thing to do is just suck in as much information as possible. Connect with as many people as possible. Go to talk, go to connect with speakers, you know, go to masterminds, do as much of these things as possible. And then once you finally launch, I, I think it'd be very difficult not to su succeed. So if I, am, if I am left with zero money, this is the exact thing I would do. I would go and find a job, start working. I would start going to masterminds. I would start buying all these courses. Um, and if you start doing all of these things, you're going to be flooded with different ideas on how to make money. Love that, man. All right. Could you share with listeners where they can find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So you can connect with me through my website, which is summitpatel.net. Um, you can probably add it in the show notes. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram. I am Samit Patel. Um, if anyone has any questions on how they would like to raise money or think of business ideas, just add me on Instagram and, you know, I have people all day DMing me about different ways. Um, and I'm happy to help. There's also a lot of content on there that I'm posting these days. Um, I also have a, a cool Facebook group, um, that I'm doing, um, and yeah, just connect with me, add me, don't be scared. I'm here for you guys. Um, and you can stay up to date with everything I'm doing and learn about things that are happening in the future and tips and tricks as well. Love that. And everyone listening as always, you can find the links at show notes on affiliatejourney.co slash summit. Or if you're watching on YouTube down below in the descriptions. So yeah, everyone, thanks for listening and summit. Thanks for your time, man. I, I enjoy this conversation. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right, everyone, don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, goodbye. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening and for sticking to it to the end. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I got a lot of value from Summit and I really enjoyed our conversation. Now, again, you can connect with him or myself by going on affiliatejourney.co slash summit. All the links will be over there. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you're listening on Apple, I would really appreciate if you leave us a review because it really helps the show grow. And anyway, uh, until the next week, cheers for your success.